Good morning, church. Good to be together again this morning, and I see we have some folks making their way back from Florida, and so that's always good to see. That means spring is just around the corner, so that's, that's always encouraging, and we've had some temperatures this week, of course, that have uh, shown us that as well. Well, as you probably figured out, today is the first Sunday of Lent, and uh, we're starting a new series today, uh, which will be our Lent series, which is entitled, The Life We Now Live. And our theme verse for these weeks leading up to Easter is going to be Galatians 2.20. And um, that's where this theme comes from. You'll, you'll notice when we say the verse together here. But we're going to say the verse together at the beginning of each Sunday, at the beginning of each message. And so uh, maybe when Easter rolls around, we will have this uh, verse memorized if you don't have it memorized already. So let's say this, uh, Galatians 2.20 together. It's on the screen. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. All right, let's open our Bibles to that second chapter of Galatians this morning. The message is uh, actually going to be uh, from these verses, actually the larger context of what Paul is writing here in uh, the second chapter. But in chapter 1, if you look back, if you would look back, you will notice how some of the Jewish Christians during that time were trying to put certain laws and um, certain requirements upon the new Gentile believers or followers of Jesus. And so he was addressing that. And uh, he was reminding them that the good news of Jesus is about grace, that it's not about laws. And uh, so some of that conversation continues here on into the second chapter. And about halfway through, Paul and Peter have a few words about this, or at least Paul is, uh, you might say, telling Peter about these things. And so this is what he's saying to him uh, beginning in verse 15, and we're going to be reading down to... Um, the end of the chapter. We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. But if in seeking to be justified in Christ, we Jews find ourselves also among sinners, doesn't that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroyed, then I really would be a lawbreaker. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. 
What kind of life are you living? I think there's a lot of different ways that we could answer that question. You know, if you were asked that question personally, the next question you might fire back at me is to say, well, what do you mean by that? You know, what are you, what are you asking me? What, is, what does that mean? Some years ago, I went to a conference and I was faced with that question. And the title of the conference was actually um, not just on Sunday. I'll let you consider what that might have meant. Not just on Sunday. But Paul seems to be addressing that question here in this second chapter of Galatians. What kind of life do you live? What kind of life are you living in the here and now? Is it the same on Sunday as it is on Monday or any other day of the week? What Paul is pointing out is that our life in Christ will look much different than our life before Christ or a life lived without Christ at all. He is really sending us a message about living for Jesus and making that kind of life the, li- the life that we lead seven days a week. Now, I know we didn't read this whole chapter, but in the first part, we, we learned that after some time had passed, Paul goes to Jerusalem with uh, Barnabas and Titus, and they're trying to help the leaders in Jerusalem understand that their freedom is found in Jesus Christ. Some were still trying to require laws and, you know, some of the old traditions that they had had. They were trying to require the Gentiles um, to partake of those instead of granting the grace and the freedom of Christ to those new Gentile believers. A very key verse uh, before what we read here is found in verse 6 where hierarchy and and favorites are dispelled and the importance of all people is promoted. Paul says, God doesn't have any favorites. Our, uh, Our world will never totally operate in that way. Um, But as Christians, we must. Even today, you know, the good news of the gospel and the freedom of Jesus can quickly be distorted by those who try to promote one person over another or one group over another when it comes to to faith and, and value in the eyes of God. That's not the true message Uh, that Paul talks about here. It's not really the message of Christianity. You know, we are all sinners. We all need the grace of Jesus. We all need the the freedom that that Christ can bring to us. So, So in that respect, you know, we're all on the same level when it comes to this. We are all needy people who can only be filled by God through his son, Jesus Christ. We sometimes uh, refer to that as uh, the priesthood of all believers. And so what that means is uh, your ministry, 
your example and your life is just as important as my ministry, my example, and my life. God may use us in different ways and for different purposes, but God doesn't play favorites. Isn't that great to think about? That you and I are on the same level as everyone in the world, in the eyes of God. We are even on the same level of importance as presidents and popes and esteemed athletes and some of the most admired people that the world likes to admire. We're just as important as them in the eyes of God. We're even on the same level as Peter and Paul, the apostles or the main followers of Jesus that we hear about in this uh, passage this morning. So whatever emotions or feelings of worth that you brought in with you this morning to this time of worship, I hope that you will leave here knowing that God loves you and um, that God has a purpose for you and that in the eyes of Jesus, you are the most important person in the world. And because of that truth, our day-to-day lives, seven days a week, we need to live into that truth. We need to live in that truth. In verses 11 through 14, we see, that, uh, we see here that Paul goes right up to Peter and he confronts him about um, his shortcomings... <laughs> in living out the good example of this good news before the Gentiles, that whole law versus grace thing. That was pretty brave of Paul to do that because, you know, if you're going to do that, you better be sure <laughs> that your own life uh, is, uh, is living up to what it needs to and, and that it is glorifying Jesus. But the basic message here is that our life needs to be consistent and that it should not change based on who we are are around or even who might be absent at any time. If Christ is in me as a believer and as a follower of Jesus, which Scripture says time and time again, if you read through the Bible, you will hear that time and time again, that Christ is in us, then my my life needs to look like the life of Jesus. That's a tough act to follow, isn't it? (laughs) Because Jesus was perfect and sinless. We know. And so we're going to need Jesus' help in this. We're not going to be able to do it in our own flesh and in our own ways, but we're going to have to rely on Jesus. Some of you might remember a couple years ago the song by uh, Christian singer Zach Williams, Uh, those words always go through my mind when I think of this, but he sings uh, the words, a little more like Jesus, a little less like me. Yeah, that's really what we're talking about here. A little more like Jesus, a little less like me each day. Too often the world uh, sees someone who calls himself a Christian and a follower of Jesus, and things just don't line up for them. You know, what I mean by that is, is they see one thing going on and yet they know something different about what they've heard or what they know uh, about Jesus and how he taught 
and how he lived. And you see, it's, it's those kind of things that, that cause that label of hypocrisy to be thrown around. And that's why it's important for us to think about the life we now live and how close that life we are now living reflects that of our Savior. There's a story that's told about President William McKinley back in the late 1800s uh, when he was considering an appointment of a minister to a foreign country, to, to another country. And there were two candidates which had almost equal <clears throat> qualifications, okay? So which one did he appoint? Well, the president related this story of an incident that had happened that helped him to make his choice or help him decide who his choice was going to be. You see, years before that, when he was a, a representative in the Senate or in Congress, he boarded a streetcar one night. This is way back, you know, when they had streetcars. They were just coming into being, I think, at that point. But um, he... He sat down on that streetcar, and shortly after, he noticed this older, elderly woman who was coming in with a really heavy bag, and she walked the length of the car, and there was no place for her to sit, and so she ends up standing with her heavy basket. Well, one of the men whom the president was later to consider for this position was seating in the, sitting in the seat just opposite of where this lady was standing. And he kind of shifted his paper around, so he kind of acted like he didn't see her. And uh, Mr. McKinley was towards the back and saw all of this happening. And so he walked down the aisle, and he picked up her basket, and he gave her his seat. He told her to sit, sit in his seat. The candidate never knew that that little act of selfishness had deprived him of perhaps the crowning honor of a lifetime. Because you see that one incident on the streetcar that President McKinley saw led him to later pick the other person who was up for that position. As we think about that, you know, it's why we have in our Bible verses like Romans 8.5 that says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. And that leads us back to these specific verses that we've read this morning. In verses 15 through 21, Paul is talking about how we should now live as believers and followers of Jesus. You know, we are not justified and saved by our works that we do or the laws that we follow. We are not bound by our past or burdened by guilt and rejection. We are justified and we are set free from this world by faith in Jesus Christ. And Paul says here, he says, if you believe 
then this is the life you now live. Christ lives in me, and because of that, that should change everything about how we approach life. How we live it, and the living hope that we have today and and for the future. And so that's what Paul is is saying here about his life, and it it encourages us to ask ourselves, is this the life that we are leading and living as believers and followers of Jesus? Is it a life of faith and freedom in God that is found in our Savior Jesus Christ? You know, maybe, um, maybe you have believed, but you haven't taken hold and hold of and grasp the freedom that's there for you. When we believe, you see, we are we become new creations in Christ. Scripture says the old is gone and the new has come. And so that that new life causes us to think about our life in Christ. The past is crucified and dead. Jesus says it is. And so, you know, you have to believe that and you have to let it go in your own life. You can't go through, you can't go through life hanging on to the old and expect that new of Christ to make the difference that it could make in your life. Well, Paul goes one step further here and he says that he as a believer has been crucified with Christ. He says, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. You see, it's a sacrifice of self and in its place a desire for the will and the purpose of God. And we we live in a world and in a time that that's challenging for us. I mean, it's not very popular these days to... Sacrifice self or to, you know, really sacrifice much of anything for that matter. But when good things happen in our life, you know, when we do great things or we perform acts of service and, and good deeds for others, that is Christ in us. That, it is Christ that brings that out in us. It is not from ourselves. But I think, you know, too often maybe we want to take credit for it instead of giving praise and and glory to God. Back in 1964, uh, when Charles H. Towns won a Nobel Prize for his work in uh, laser technology, he opened up his speech for that prize with a very interesting disclaimer. This is what he said. He said, well, it's like the beaver told the rabbit as they stared up at the immense wall of the Hoover Dam. The beaver said, no, I didn't actually build it myself, but it was based on an idea of mine. (laughs) You know, we we are often, we're often stuck on ourselves and we like to pat pat ourselves on the back for a lot of things when in reality, If we've done something good in life, it's because of the grace of God in our life. It's because God has been at work in us. 
And Christ is living in us. A.W. Tozer once said that, that people who are crucified with Christ, he was preaching on that, that verse, he said that when, when people are crucified with Christ, they have three distinct marks. One, they are facing in only one direction. Second, they can never turn back from that direction. And the third is they no longer have plans of their own. Now that Christ lives in us, we are raised to life. So you see, our, our sights are, are set ahead and set on him and on him alone. And that is how we should live. This is the sacrifice and the humility and the hope that should guide every thought, feeling, and decision that, that we make. You know, we think about the Bible and how important it is in our life, but too often I think we don't realize that the Bible is really a long story from beginning to end of a thousand stories uh, about God's purpose of saving his people and bringing forth good in their life. If you go from Adam and Eve to the good news of Christ to the transformation of Paul, the apostle, and so many others, so many other stories and people that we know in, in the Bible, we see how God rescues us from our sins and our shortcomings and then takes that and, and changes it, changes us into righteousness, goodness, and, and good fruit in our lives. You see, Jesus rescues us with grace, hope, peace, and new life. So along with Paul in verse 20, we can say, this is the life that we now live. We are not defeated. We are not bound by the law because we have found freedom in Jesus. And so I hope this morning that you have found that hope and that freedom that is available to you through Jesus Christ. One thing about Paul, and we know this from reading much about what Paul did and what he, what he wrote, he never minced his words, he never beat around the bush. You know, he was one that would get right to the point. And uh, in verse 21, the last verse of this chapter, he says that if we, if we set aside the grace and forgiveness and demand and instead demand faulty tradition and the law, he says, then Christ died for nothing on the cross. It's like Paul was really trying to get their attention <laughs> when he said that. And now as we read it years and years later, he's trying to get our attention as well. In the CEV translation, it says, it was useless for Christ to die. And in the NIV, it says, if that's the case, then Christ died for nothing. I mean, we know that's not true. We don't even want to hear those words, really. But that's how serious Paul is about this. He says that in, in a way to get our attention, even here in the 21st century. Don't trust in the law. Don't trust in your works. Don't trust in anything or anyone 
other than Christ alone. If any other way was sufficient, then Jesus wouldn't have had to die on the cross. That's what Paul's saying here. We are justified in Christ alone. We are accepted in Christ alone. We are free in Christ alone. And we are victorious in Christ alone. We sang about that this morning. That's really what that song is based upon that we sang. And at the end of the service today, we're going to sing about the living hope that we have through Jesus' death, resurrection, and power in our life. And so here's a big question this morning. Are you a follower of Jesus? Are you justified, accepted, free, and victorious? And if you said yes to the first question, then that second question is, is how you should be living your life. And then if, if that's so, then the follow-up question to that is, is that how you are living your life right now? Is it evident to other people? Is it the go, your go-to truth? Is it the promise that you refer back to when Satan and the world tries to tell you something different or lead you down a different, a different path? I hope that all of us this morning will leave here celebrating what Paul is, is saying here in Galatians 2. Jesus Christ is all you need, all we need to be set free. And when you believe that, Christ will live in you and Christ will help you to become more like Jesus in your day-to-day life. I mean, how freeing that is, if you think about it, to put self to the side and to see the difference that Jesus can make within us when he is our focus in life. To end this morning, uh, I want to share a story that uh, gives example to this, a simple story. It's a story from someone who had a, a picture of Jesus hanging in their home. <clears throat> and it also, <clears throat> excuse me, it also happened that uh, this, that picture of Jesus was hanging on a wall that was directly opposite of this large mirror that was on another wall. And so if, if someone was standing in a certain way, uh, you know, the per, that person's image would block out the, the picture of, of Jesus. Well, this family that had this home, their, their little daughter was one day standing before the mirror um, and... Uh, when she moved, she noticed that the picture of Jesus appeared. And uh, when she moved back, there she was again, the picture of, of herself. And so one day, that little girl, she ran excitedly to her mom and she said, Mom, I can see Jesus when I'm looking at myself. And that's the way it's supposed to be. As believers, we should always remember that Christ lives in us. And hopefully people will see that and notice that as we are living our lives. Not only on Sunday, but on Monday through Saturday the rest of the week as well. We can't live like Jesus in our own flesh and power. Uh, but you can live like Jesus if Christ is living in you. Amen?
Amen. Let's stand together and let's go to the Lord in prayer. <clears throat> Lord Jesus, we come before you this morning and we thank you for uh, all that you have done for us on the cross. We thank you that we are justified and that your grace has saved us from the sin in our lives. And Lord, I pray that each one here this morning might be able to uh, know that for sure in their life, that they might be able to experience your living hope in, in their lives. And so, Lord, we just, uh, we spend this beginning of this Lent season to reflect on ourselves, our life, how we have been living. And Lord, uh, we just place our lives before you and we want to take time to reflect and, and think about as we come up to Easter here in the weeks ahead, we want to think about our own life and what our life currently looks like and what it might be reflecting to others or showing others. Help us to place our trust in Christ. Help us to realize that he is in us as believers and that we can live through him and his grace. Help us to celebrate the living hope that Jesus has bought for us and brings into our lives. I pray for each one here this morning, each one watching online, Lord. I pray that we might uh, think about the life we are living right now and think about what Jesus would change within us what Jesus would bring forth in us and what we need to ask Jesus to help us with in our lives. We pray this, Lord, in your name. Amen. <clears throat>